Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise and you are here on F4W Online. It is March 7th and we are here to talk about eight where it's March 8th, excuse me. And we're here to talk about AEW Dynamite. It is the fallout from AEW Revolution, probably one of the strongest, uh, one of the strongest AEW pay-per-views in a really long time. And we got the fallout from that show here tonight. And uh, this is going to be an interesting episode to talk about to be quite honestly because there were some things that I thought were interesting on this show which I can't wait to talk about there were other things that I didn't think were too interesting and then there were some things that occurred that I didn't think they were going to occur the way that they went down so this is kind of a little bit of a complicated episode uh the best way that I can describe it is it kind of felt a little bit mild in the sense that it's not it's not a spicy episode it's got a little bit of some a little bit of of a kick in there but it just wasn't spicy um i can't i can't explain it any other way but we are going to go ahead and jump in because there's kind of a lot to talk about from this episode but before we do everyone just a heads up if you're new here if you're a regular thank you so much for being here and if you guys would like to get your question or your statement or your opinion read here on this podcast you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point throughout the show and i will make sure to read them uh it's a nice way to also help support Support this podcast and support me who's on here. Uh, so let's get to it. We actually got a couple of super chats and I'm going to read those and then we're going to go ahead and get right into the show. We got our first super chat, a very generous one here from Andrew A. Thank you so much to Andrew who says, still at Dynamite. It was better than the Fresno show I also went to. It was nice to see you, Denise, on Sunday. I was the guy who sat next to you throughout the show. Can't confirm she has Taylor as a lock screen. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, where exactly were you on the show? I mean, and what part? Because I did have a couple of people like talking to me and coming up to me. Um, and how'd you see my tailors? Were you? I hope you didn't see my text messages that I was sending. Um, <laughs> if you did, that'd be pretty funny, actually. And yes, I do have uh, Taylor Swift uh, as a lock screen. So uh, Andrew here is not—he's not spreading any lies, man. It's the truth right there. But Andrew. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for the love. And it was nice to uh, see you there at uh, AW Revolution. I appreciate you sending in this super chat. Really, I do. Uh, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just dying of laughter, actually. All right. Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat saying one women's match on International Women's Day. Boo, Tony, boo. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that until right now, to be honest. Uh, look, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even it didn't even I didn't even think about it until you said it right now. So, uh We'll get to that in a second, I guess. Uh, Grapple Geekery, thank you so much for sending in that super chat as well. Roberto Arsenal says, I liked Rudy Ru Ruby's promo. Uh, we needed to hear from her. I cannot wait to talk about Ruby Soho's promo tonight. It's actually one of the things I'm most excited, most looking forward to talking to, uh, about here tonight. Reggie Simmons sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Reggie uh, for always sending in those 1111 ones. We know what's up right there. Reggie says, that was a banging episode in my opinion. Some people may not like the ending, but that's okay. I love the heat. Anyhow, it's time for the best damn post show. Uh, let's fucking go. So I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I have some conflicting. I don't. You know what? My feelings for the ending are not necessarily conflicting at all. It's more so that I'm a little bit confused, and I'll explain why I felt some confusion in the ending in just a second. But we got a super chat here from Taylor Cannon who says, "Hey Denise, hope you're doing well. Wondering what's next for Danielson. Is he really done? Um, I have a, a pretty strong prediction on what's going down with Brian Danielson. Uh, at least what I think is going to happen. And I might as well talk about that right now since Taylor Cannon." sentence is super chat i want to keep postponing things so uh let's get into that we'll kick things off with brian danielson here today so Brian, uh, as you guys know, lost to MJF at AEW Revolution. And truthfully, I was, I mean, the match was phenomenal, right? Like that's not even the, the point that we're trying to get at here. The, the match was phenomenal. We already know this. But I was still surprised that Brian Danielson lost the match because my prediction going into the show was that Brian was going to win. Uh, I was a little bit 50-50 on Wednesday, but by Thursday I had decided, you know what, this is Brian Danielson's match. Uh, I feel like he cannot win and I know that Brian has said he didn't necessarily want to be AEW world champion but it's like damn he may not want it he may not feel like he needs it because you know he's so established and he's done so much but at the same time us the fans 
We want it. We want to see Brian Danielson as a W um, world champion. And uh, sorry, guys, I, I need to send this message really quick. Okay, sorry, guys. It's my sister's coming over tonight. And I was afraid that she would come into the door when no one's here to open the door for her and I didn't want her to be locked out. So I was afraid she was out there by herself just waiting for me. Um, anyway, so um, in regards to Brian Danielson, I legitimately was kind of thinking like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm surprised he lost here, but let's see what kind of ends up happening. So we ended up getting a um a video package today, a very, very emotional video package. Uh, I thought it was like, uh, we got like emo Brian Danielson here tonight. That's the best way to describe this, okay? So Brian is out there and he's talking about how, you know, after he lost this match, after he passes out and loses this match to MJF, that his first instinct was to fight, just to fight, but that he realized that he couldn't feel his legs and his arms anymore. He then went into talking about his family. So prior to this match, in this feud with MJF, we were seeing MJF essentially, you know, talk about how Brian Danielson has it all and how Brian Danielson is selfish for uh, basically putting his family uh not caring about his family every single time he goes out into the ring, given uh, Brian Danielson's past history with concussions and all of that. So this played back into the story because uh, Brian said that after this, he realized that he was indeed putting his family uh, to the side and putting himself first. So he's kind of talking about being ashamed and we're seeing a totally different Brian here. He's completely, you know, emotional. He's kind of a wreck. He's uh, de He looks depressed. He looks like he's down in the dumps. And uh, it's not a Brian that we're used to seeing because the Brian that we're used to seeing is the one that's going out there uh, knocking people's heads off and is so, you know, confident in himself and you know he's American dragon and this and that so we were getting a completely beaten down Brian Danielson which I also kind of loved because it made sure that what MJF wanted to do which was to break down Brian Danielson he succeeded in that but anyways so Brian closes this out by saying that, you know, he's ashamed more than losing the championship more than losing the match to um MJF, he's ashamed that he put himself first above his family. So then he says that he's gonna go home. That's the last line. Brian Danielson is gonna go home. So with that being said, it had a lot of people wondering, what is gonna happen to Brian Danielson? What does this mean he's going to go home? I had people uh, throwing out all sorts of theories on Twitter. I was going to my comment section and I was seeing people saying he's going to Ring of Honor. He There are some people, and this is definitely not it. There are some people that were like, he's going to WWE. And I'm like, what? Where, why are people saying all of this? But um, so here's my theory. Here's my prediction on what is going to go down or what I'm expecting to happen with Brian Danielson. So. I'm clearly expecting him to be gone for a bit. Truly, like, go home. He's going to go home, maybe take some time off. That's what I'm predicting. But then on top of that, uh, one of the things that has been of conversation lately surrounding Brian Danielson is the G1 tournament. It is the G1. He has been wanting to be part of that. Uh, Tony Khan has been asked about it in interviews. Actually, in an interview that he recently did, uh, Tony Khan did say that, you know, uh, and this is ver this is not verbatim. I'm paraphrasing here, but Tony Khan basically said something along the lines of, uh, you know, basically Brian Danielson. It would be hard for him to get away from TV for a while because he could possibly become a W World Champion. This was ahead of the actual match when he said this, and he said if he's a W World Champion, he's not going to be able to go, you know, get away from TV for for you know for quite some time. So now we still got we. You, G1's not to the summer. We still got plenty of time till we actually get to the G1. But I do think that that is probably going to be the next time we actually see Brian Danielson. I don't know for sure. That's just my theory. That's just my prediction. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at like Forbidden Door or something, Brian Danielson comes out and like announces he's going to be part of the G1. To me, that is what I would most likely expect to see happen. And uh 
just for prediction wise, I'm going to say Forbidden Door. We see him come out and say he's going to be part of the G1, takes part in the G1, and maybe we don't see him in AEW full time until All Out. I don't know. That's just a prediction. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, the man works hard. He deserves some time off. And also, side note, he's getting a, from the looks of it, he may be getting that vacation sooner than John Moxley. But that's just a joke. Either way, uh, that's my prediction right now on Brian Danielson and what I think is going to go down in regards uh, to that. Um, all right. So let's get some more uh, thoughts in here and see what people are saying. This is from Heidi Ho. Thank you so much to Heidi for sending in the super chat saying beautiful weather here in Bama. So I've been out raising hell on the crotch rocket. I have no idea what any of those words mean, Heidi Ho. I'm a city girl. I don't know what Bama is. Oh, yeah. Alabama. You're from Alabama. And raising hell on the crotch rocket. No idea what the crotch rocket is. <laughs> I'm a city girl from LA, man. I have no idea what you're talking about. Heidi Ho continues to say, just tuning in to see if there's anything must-see I need to go back and check out from Dynamite. Well, you'll find out in just a second, but if I'm going to tell you what I would consider must-see just right off the bat, oh man, it's really just that Brian Danielson promo, which you can probably watch on Twitter. I'm sure it's up there. And I would suggest also uh, the Ruby Soho um, the Ruby Soho promo, that's probably something that you can also watch on Twitter, but I wouldn't necessarily say that anything else is particularly must watch, uh, you know, must watch material. Okay. Uh, but thank you so much to Heidi Ho for the generous super chat. Sam Pie Boone sends in a super chat saying, did you know you look like Nicole from Jersey Shore? I don't know which one is Nicole. Is that Snooky? Is Snooky Nicole? Hold on, because I don't know which one that is. I never, oh yeah, that is Nicole. And yes, a bunch of people have told me that. So that's how I pretty much knew. Um, but yeah, uh, I never watched the Jersey Shore, guys. Not my scene, not my genre, not interested. Andrew A sends in a super chat saying, I was to your right with the white CM Punk shirt. We had to deal with the loud MJF fan throughout the main events. <laughs> Okay, Andrew. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know exactly who you're talking about. And look, guys, I don't care. I mean, I don't care when people go to shows and they're, you know, yelling. It's your, you. If you, my whole belief on that is if you pay your ticket and you're out there, you know, shouting out your lungs and whatnot and, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, saying what you want. I have no problem with that, man. You paid your ticket. You paid your hard-earned money. Say whatever the hell you want. With that being said, he was very loud and directly behind me. So I was like, oh, Lord. But I don't really care. I, I mean, I'm just like, uh, it, it would, I've liked, it, it's an event. It's a sporting event. People are going to get loud. People are going to get crazy. Uh, actually, the San Francisco audience, there were some interesting, like, fan moments that happened I can't even explain it like there was the the loud MJF fan behind me was actually kind of beefing with this uh, guy a couple rows in the front who was a Brian Danielson fan but the guy in the front who was a Brian Danielson fan was like legitimately pissed off like he was pissed the hell off at this guy and so I'm sitting there just like freaking chilling and there's a little bit of beef there's a little bit of tension uh going on there and I was just like oh man like the other guy kept turning around and telling them like shut up and it was a whole mess guys I don't know what to tell you uh it was kind of crazy but on top of that um and it, it's, I noticed though that always there's at least like one fight at like eight Almost every last AEW pay-per-view that I've been to, there's been some sort of fight. Someone always gets, gets escorted out. There's always some sort of drama. Uh, and usually I get the last like two times I was able to capture it on video. But uh, this one, I did see one person get escorted out, but that was like sections away from me. And I don't even know what happened. So I can't even comment on that. But it's always a little bit of a... 
you see some drama. You really do. It, it's mostly drunk people, but you guys know. Hunter Tillman sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Hunter for this very generous super chat. Hunter says, uh, hey, gorgeous. You look stunning tonight. Tonight's episode was all right, but definitely was expecting more. I'm so freaking happy for Powerhouse Hobbs. Also, what else could QTV be about? Of course, it was QT Marshall Alameo. So let's talk about that, guys. Uh, since Hunter Tillman sent in a very generous super chat, I might as well talk about the main event. So I'm going to talk about the main event right now. So we ended up getting Powerhouse Hobbs versus Wardlow. And this ended up being a false count anywhere match. And the reason for that is that um, like legitimately Wardlow's car was broken into and he was legitimately robbed uh, by who the hell knows who, uh, but they stole his, uh, his gear bag. They stole the TNT championship. Like they stole, you know, everything. They took everything. And so he didn't have his gear. And so he ends up basically, they end up doing a false count anywhere match and kind of just wrestle the match as is, you know, bring your own clothes. Like that's what we ended up getting. And so with that, um, I really enjoyed this match, okay? I'm going to start off by saying that. Uh, I actually kind of preferred that it became a false count anywhere match because we got some really cool moments. Uh, they start fighting in the back in the parking lot and Wardlow gets his head smashed into the, uh, smashed with the car door by, by Powerhouse Hobbs. And we see Wardlow put Powerhouse Hobbs through uh through the window of the front, uh, through the window of the car. He gets put through it, smashes that window, etc. Afterwards, they finally make it out to, into the ring. We see Hobbs get utterly smashed in a table by uh, Wardlow because Wardlow does his swanton off the top rope and onto Hobbs, who's on the table, and it looked pretty freaking uh, tremendous. I really like that spot as well because, you know, anytime, anytime Wardlow does those high-impact things at a guy his size, it really hits very, very hard. But let's talk about the finish because, look, I know that Wardlow going into this Wardlow to me is clearly the babyface. He's the babyface, right? But Hobbs was kind of a little bit of a tweener, in my opinion. I didn't necessarily see Powerhouse Hobbs as a heel per se, and maybe I'm wrong in this, but I didn't see Powerhouse Hobbs as a heel. So I was more so a little bit confused here because we ended up seeing that Wardlow at the top of the stage was about to power bomb Hobbs off the stage, right? But instead, QT Marshall comes from behind and hits him with a chair, low blows Wardlow, and so he helps powerhouse Hobbs uh, throw Wardlow into the um into the freaking crash pad on the outside of the stage. And so powerhouse Hobbs is able to get his victory and become new TNT champion. The only thing that I kind of felt that was a little bit kind of, I didn't necessarily think that QT Marshall aligning himself with Hobbs was necessarily uh, needed, I guess. Like I didn't really care for it that much where I kind of felt like I preferred to see powerhouse Hobbs win in a dominant fashion because that is what we've been seeing from Hobbs we've been getting the book of Hobbs which has shown you know his life and how hard it's been and to me I kind of felt like that was like some babyface stuff like the stuff that we were seeing him kind of you know make a name for himself and you know he's basically saying he's coming and he's talking about the hard times that he's gone through and then you know we're seeing him win the face of the revolution ladder match and he's getting these great reactions because he's in his hometown and all of this so I kind of felt like I was sort of seen Ward, I mean, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs a little bit as a babyface too. Like I didn't really see him as a heel. Um, but with now, with the way that he won and aligning himself with QT, uh, he's, he's, he's a heel. Like for sure he's a heel now. Um, but I just don't necessarily think that's what I was expecting because I wanted to see Powerhouse Hobbs as a babyface. And I think that was more so my like confusion, confusion with all of this was that I guess I was expecting them to go a certain way with powerhouse Hobbs as TNT champion, but then instead they kind of took another path. Um, they took another path instead. Now I am curious to see what the relationship is going to be like here with QT and, and, um, and Hobbs, I think for the most part, like we already knew that QT TV was going to be about, uh, about uh QT Marshall like we knew it was in the initials guys uh I don't know how the TV portion is gonna be 
a part of this, but I guess it was just a little bit unexpected, the path that they went down. But regardless, I'm excited to see Wardlow as TNT champion. I mean, sorry, Powerhouse Hobbs as TNT, TNT champion because that's what I wanted. Like, I wanted to see Hobbs as TNT champion. So I'm good with that. Um, I was just confused more so with the execution of him actually the way that he won the title. So that's where I'm at on this one here. But let me catch up with all of the comments because I'm a little bit uh, behind right now. Um, all right. And Jesus, sorry, guys, I'm so behind on the comments. I'm trying to catch up right now and see what everybody is saying. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to think what people are saying here. All right. Um. All right. Sorry. It's a little bit all over the place. All right. So for the most part, let's see what people are saying. This is from white from YT who says, I hated the finish. I'm excited that Hobbs won, but QT did not need to be factored into it. Also, I really don't want to see Will Hobbs as part of the factory. Um, so I mean, that's pretty much along the same lines of what I felt where I didn't really expect to see this alignment. It, it feels a little bit forced when you didn't really need it. Like everybody was sold on Hobbs and everybody still is sold on Hobbs we were sold on him he didn't necessarily need the added addition of QT Marshall here but we'll see how this uh turns out but yeah this is kind of crazy this is kind of crazy um all right so let's go ahead and uh press on from here and Justin Martin says QT Marshall did just tweet boy I wonder who broke into Wardlow's car apparently the robbery was kayfabe did QT Marshall really tweet that? No way. Hold on. Let me, what's his Twitter name? QT, is it just QT Marshall? Hold on. Let's see what he posted. He said, boy, I wonder who broke into Wardlow's car. What? 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 <laughs> what the, what? Hold the freaking phone. <laughs> no. No, unless they're like turning it into a story. No way. All the comments are pretty much the exact same thing. Everybody's like, holy shit, you're being kidding me right now. No way. What? <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'm kind of, I'm a little stunned here. I'm gonna put what? Alameo. Oh, shit. That's funny. No way. No way, guys. Holy cow. Sorry. You're getting my live reaction at this moment right now to this. Oh, man. That's kind of nuts. All right. Well, they fucking did a great job at that. Holy shit. Uh, they did a great freaking job at that. Either that or they're going to put like official Mac games here says the pool reality into a story. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I mean, maybe he did. Maybe uh, maybe he did. And they're just, you know. Uh, working it into the story now because you could do that like who says you can't do that guys you could totally do that <laughs> all right well that's where we're at with all of this all right so um all right let's go ahead and rewind guys and let's get to some other portions of the show here uh once again guys if you want to get your question your comment your statement your reaction uh right here on the stream you're more than welcome to send in a super chat uh thank you james jones also believes yeah that's true they could be turning it into a story god damn i just don't know anymore guys I just don't know anymore. Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal kicked off the show here. And um, we're we're going to talk about the... Um, all right, so Orange Cassidy, Jay Lethal. This was, you know, a match that we've clearly seen before. But this is... They have pretty great chemistry with one another. I thought this match was pretty entertaining. I thought it was the best match of the night. I'm trying to think if there was another match that I really liked. I mean, I liked the Hobbs Wardlow match, but it was a little bit of a different type of matchup. I would probably say that Cassidy and Jay Lethal had the better um, match of the night for, for tonight. Um, man, I always mark out whenever Orange Cassidy hits that DDT. He always kind of, surprises me with it even though he does it all the time and it still takes me by surprise because it's always very entertaining to watch orange cassidy gets this win i thought it was a fine victory and a fine opening match um they made a couple of announcements the first one being that on may 31st 
we are going to be seeing AEW Dynamite in San Diego for the very first time. They've never been to San Diego. This is going to be after Double or Nothing, which they're going to be in Las Vegas for. So they're making a little bit more rounds with those West Coast dates. Hell yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be attending the show. I haven't really decided because it's still a two-hour drive, guys, and I'm lazy. And if I go to the show, I would have to postpone this show, and I don't know if I want to do that. So I may not go to the San Diego show. I don't know. We'll see. It's still a two-hour drive for me, so I don't necessarily know if I want to do that drive. But anyways, the other announcement that we need to talk about is uh, Tony Khan makes an announcement here on the show. And this one was a little bit different because Tony Khan actually came out and, you know, had this backstage segment. And he himself, by, by himself, is out there talking on the microphone. And he's talking about how come for next week, they're going to be in Winnipeg. And they are going to be doing Orange Cassidy versus Jeff Jarrett. And instead of it being the AEW All-Atlantic Championship, it is now, they are now leveling up because of the partnership with the movie Shazam and Warner Brothers. This is, I haven't seen Shazam, so pardon me. But this all ties in. (laughs) And they're going to level up the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. And it is now going to go as the AEW International Championship. So no longer the All-Atlantic Championship. That's not a thing anymore. It's going to be the AEW International Championship. And to be frank, I think this is a better name for the belt. I'm cool with it. But here's the but. Here's the big but. I have a slight feeling, guys, and I don't know. I don't know. I have a slight feeling we might see Jeff Jarrett win. I don't know, man. It's my gut. My gut is telling me that for some reason, because I'm thinking, okay, it's a new championship belt. Well, not a new championship belt, but with a new name, essentially. And I'm wondering, what if they have Jeff Jarrett win here? I have a feeling, guys. I have a feeling they're going to want to get things spiced up just a tad bit. I think they're going to want to get some buzz. And how do you get some buzz? Get Jeff Jarrett um, to to become AEW International Champion. Uh, I have a feeling it might happen. I don't know. It's really not based on anything other than just a feeling. Uh <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. We got everybody kind of agreeing that they like this name a lot better. That's just a lot better and having this correction uh, and all of that. Um, let's see what else we got here. And we got a, a couple of people. This is from Steven who says, I love the idea of Jeff winning great heat. I do too. Look, Jeff Jarrett gets a really great heat on the show, guys. And I know that um, he kind of gets under a lot of people's skin. I'm a fan of Jeff Jarrett, but he's a really good heel. And I do think that they would spice it up a whole lot if they did have Jeff Jarrett win. I'm not opposed to it, guys. I'm really not opposed to it. So don't shoot the messenger, but damn, I think it may happen. Uh, And when it does, I can't wait to see all of the chaos unfold on Twitter. Uh, We'll see what happens, guys. Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat saying, unfortunately, Jarrett's going to win, isn't he? Feels like he kind of has to, guys. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh, thank you so much to Grapple Geekery for sending this in. I appreciate it a whole lot. All right. So now pressing on from here. We got, we already spoke about the Brian Danielson uh, video package. Sorry, guys. I'm a little bit all over the show today. There's just, we kind of went in a different order. Uh, Let's get into Ricky Starks' promo because this was something else that I was kind of not expecting on the show to occur. But before we get to that, we have a super chat here from YT who says, Samoa Joe tweeted about being behind the robbery. Stop it. Is this really all unfolding right now? Let me see. Samoa Joe... Anyone know how to get, oh, this was 13, he says, this was 13 hours ago. He says, anyone know how to get broken glass out of baklava, balakabla, balakabla? I don't even know what that is. Asking for a friend. No, okay, that was like a couple of hours ago. Man, I didn't see about that. I didn't even see that earlier, but uh, thank you so much to YT. Oh, I feel like editing the first part of this podcast where I'm sitting here going, He legitimately got his car broken into. Holy shit. 
Like I'm going to make fun of myself later on for that. But anyways, we completely fell for it. All right. So uh, thank you. BHR also says that Balakava is a ski mask. No idea, guys. I grew up poor. I never went skiing. All right. You think I went skiing? I never went skiing. I grew up poor. Poor people don't ski. It's unfortunate. I don't know what balakava is. I was I was unfortunate enough to go skiing. Uh, also, I'm yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Let's get into this. Um, Ricky Starks is promo. He's coming off his victory from Chris Jericho, defeating him at AEW Revolution. He's asking who's next. We see the big bullet club, um, you know, Tron appear and this and that. And you're like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen. Well, Juice Robinson ends up coming out and attacking uh, Ricky Starks from behind. And uh, there you go. You wanted to know, Ricky Starks wanted to know who's next. It's Juice Robinson. So let's talk about this here because I um, asked people how they felt about this on Twitter. And I saw a little bit of a mixed reaction here. I saw some people that were like, oh, you know, this is cool. We could do something here. This is going to be fun. And I saw some people that were like, no, this is lame. This is boring. Um, I'm on the side here of when Juice Robinson came out and attacked Ricky Starks. I was not expecting it whatsoever. Like, that's not the direction that I was expecting for Ricky Starks to go into next. With that being said, I, I feel like this kind of feels a little bit refreshing because, you know, this is something new. We haven't really seen much. We've seen Juice Robinson obviously do a couple of things on AEW, but he hasn't actually had like a major program or anything like that on the show, right? He really hasn't. So for the most part, he, he, I do think that Juice Robinson is kind of the perfect person where he comes with legitimacy. He isn't like, you know, low, he, he comes with legitimacy. And Ricky Starks, Going in there and having either if it's a program or just a one-time match with Juice Robinson and getting the win over Juice Robinson, I feel like that is a good first person to continue um, the rise of Ricky Starks because you got to keep like he didn't just defeat Jericho just for shits and giggles, guys. Like you got to keep building from that. Like you got to keep building Ricky Starks from that. So to me, I see Juice Robinson as a credible, legitimate opponent that Ricky Starks can have a great match with or a great program, whatever way they decide to go and give him a win that means something, right? Defeating Juice Robinson, in my opinion, definitely means something. So that's kind of where I'm at on this. Uh, I'm maybe not... I'm more along the sides of I might be expecting more of a quick match type of thing. I don't know if they're going to go and have a full on program. Personally, I do kind of hope it's just a match thing and we continue to see different matches with Ricky Starks. Because that's the thing I want to see, you know, just these different matchups. There's so many people on the AEW roster. I kind of just want to see Ricky Starks face like all of these different types of wrestlers. Uh, personally, that's 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 what I want to see. Um, So. I'm, I do not hate it. I know some people thought it was lame, but I do see a lot of potential there. And also it gives Juice Robinson another opportunity to appear on AEW. So there you go. And uh, B.A. Charles says, I grew up poor in the desert, just breathing bad. Just breathing had a cost. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, man. All right. So pressing on from here. Let's get into Ruby Soho and uh, her promo here tonight on Dynamite. This was probably one of my favorite things that occurred on the show. And so Ruby at Revolution has officially sided with the former WWE girls, uh, Soraya and uh, Tony Storm. I'm glad that she went that direction because it makes more sense for her to be part of, you know, the former WWE women, right? So she comes out there and we've only really seen Ruby Soho as a face. Like, I do not recall the last time I saw Ruby Soho as a heel. I, I, I feel like that's just not something I'm familiar with with Ruby Soho. And maybe she didn't. I'm just forgetting. But this is more like big time, more on a bigger stage where we're seeing her be a heel in this light. We don't get to see that often from Ruby. So I really didn't know what what type of heel she would be I didn't know really what to expect from her and she went out there and I think she kind of like went full in on this man and she had some lines that I was like oh shit I didn't know Ruby was gonna come out and say you know all of these things like I didn't I didn't know she had this you know 
I didn't know she had it in her to be this, uh, this harsh, this brutal. And so anyway, so she goes out there and she's basically talking about how, um, you know, why she aligned with uh, with Tony and Soraya. And she talks about how, you know, she noticed that they were being disrespected the, se the second they came into AEW. She talks about how, you know, the fans were never going to come to her defense. She talks about how, um, you know, all they weren't going to be appreciated. She's never been appreciated. And then she says that Tony Storm wasn't appreciated. She goes on to say that when she was champion, they didn't even acknowledge her as champion. Instead, they just referred to her as an interim champion. And then she throws out a line about Soraya. And she says, quote, you all begged Soraya to come out of retirement. And she does. And then all you fat neck bearded mouth breathing trolls come after her at a moment's notice. And <laughs> I was not ever expecting the words fat neck bearded mouth breathing trolls to come out of the mouth of Ruby Soho, but she went for it guys and let me tell you the second i tweeted this out everybody was writing like no lies detected no lies detective she's telling the truth she's telling the truth um you you do see a lot of the hate that soraya gets online so i feel like this line was definitely uh a good one because we all see the hate that Soraya gets. And so I freaking love that she just went for it, man. And that she had the balls to go out there and be like, yeah, like this is what I'm going with. Uh, it was a new Ruby Soho. And I was, I think this has definitely increased my interest in her story uh, portion of all of this, because previously, like I didn't really care. I didn't really care. Like I wasn't too into a lot of the stuff that they were doing with her. And I was like, man, when are they going to, you know, kind of get things a little bit more, more spicy. That's the word of the day, spicy. And this definitely spiced things up a whole lot. Like I feel a whole new uh, renewed interest in Ruby Soho in this storyline period. Uh, so I'm happy about that. We did see a quick squash where Ruby Soho um, defeats Sky Blue with her destination unknown. Afterwards, we do see Soraya and Tony Storm try to come out and spray paint Sky Blue, but instead Willow, comes out to how about sky blue she confronts um she gets in the face of ruby soho and she seems to be trying to like level with ruby she tries to kind of maybe talk some sense into her but instead she's attacked by tony and soraya she's outnumbered and so they're coming for all of the homegrown stars on aew so i think that this is probably the best thing that they've done with this story uh ruby soho coming out here for the save man coming out here for the save Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Grapple Geekery who says she was right about the booing, but the part about Tony Khan giving the homegrown stars everything rings hollow with the severe inequality of how the men's and women's divisions are treated. I mean, like, you can go back to, um, let's see. So Grapple Geekery, let me read this one more time. She was right about the booing. But the part about Tony Khan giving the homegirl stars, homegrown stars, everything rings hollow with the severe inequality of how the men's and women's divisions are treated. Um, man, look, there's a lot on there that we can unpack. We we've talked about the women's division endlessly enough. And someone earlier, uh, you know, again, are you brought up? Yeah brought up the fact that we only got what was it just the one match or we got this one segment one match yeah one segment one match with the women um here today and even though we, there was a lot of women involved in this because you had you had ruby soho you can count renee paquette uh although she's the interviewer but still counter uh ruby soho renee paquette tony soraya willow and sky blue so you did have like six women all a part of this particular segment but it was just one particular segment so i think they might see it differently just because there were so many of the women that were uh involved in it um so there you go i this is an argument that or rather not an argument but a discussion that has been had uh, multiple times and then also when it comes to um Ruby Soho, she got some great heat from this, though, guys. After she started calling everybody trolls and this and that, she got some phenomenal 
phenomenal heat for that good stuff man uh so either way again we didn't see a whole lot of matches for the women or a whole lot of segments for the women but there was kind of a lot within this one particular segment that we did get with the women uh thank you so much to grapple geekery for also sending in this generous super chat it's much appreciated dante myc says i'm used to heal ruby riot squad was a heel faction. Yeah, but that was such a long time ago, guys. Like, I barely remember that. Uh, such a long time ago. I completely, completely phased it out. Don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, guys, it's just been too long. I'm talking like recent, recent, recent stuff. Um, Grandpa Geekery sends in a super chat saying, that said, the Tros need to leave Soraya alone. Yeah, she, there's a, you know, there's a lot of drama on social media, guys. Social media can be kind of crazy, but it is what it is. It is what it is. All right. So um, let's see what else we got here. Hangman Page. Um, so this kind of goes into uh, what happened at another match. But Hangman Page has a backstage interview with Renee Paquette. And he's apologizing to Renee for her having to see what she saw between uh, her match, his match, with her husband, John Moxley, at AEW Revolution. That Texas death match was crazy. They did some brutal stuff with with forks, with bricks. I mean, it was kind of nuts. I, I really loved the match, as you guys probably expected me to. I really did. He says that he's finished with John Moxley. He's not finished with John Moxley. In fact, uh, later on, we did have a match between Top Flight AR. Oh, sorry. Uh, we did have a match. Where did the match go? Here we go. Alan Reynolds and John Silver versus John Moxley and Claudio. And during this match, I, I didn't think the match was too great. It was like a whatever match, to be honest. But Moxley taps out Alan Reynolds and um, Hangman Page runs out there because they're still beating up on uh, Dark Order and whatnot. So then the Blackpool Combat Club, they attack Hangman Adam Page and they end up fighting. So it's definitely not over. And it just seems like now they're just adding more people to the story. And we're most likely going to be seeing all of this with the Dark Order and the uh, Blackpool Combat Club uh, unfold. And my big question here is, when is John Moxley going to get his vacation? I thought he was going to be gone for a bit after this. Definitely not. Poor man. Uh, still out there continuing the work and whatnot. But I was really expecting to see him get his vacation eventually. But it's not looking like it's happening right now. So I'm expecting to see this uh, continue on. Uh, I really did think it was kind of the end here. But you know what? If this can sort of revive the Dark Order and revive the BCC then I'm all here for it. So even though I thought we were over and done with Hangman and Moxley, uh, now they're just adding more to the actual story. So I guess it's fine. Um, all right, David Maleshvish. Thank you so much to David for sending in the super chat. David says, eh, not a fan of Mox and Paige still feuding. The Texas death match should have ended this feud. I agree. I completely agree. Um, I feel like, I was so happy with the way that it ended. It was such a strong ending. Like visually, it was it, it was brutal, right? It was a brutal ending. You see the man is hanging. John Moxley's literally like at one point just like hanging there. I mean, it was nuts. Um, and the violence, like you can't get any more violent than that. Like that's it. That was the cherry on top of the Sunday of violence. All right. So, and then when Hangman said he was done, he was finished with Moxley. But I'm seeing, I, I would have preferred it to be done. Really, I would have. But again, it's like, all right, well, now they're trying to do something with the Dark Order and the Blackpool Combat Club. Because the Blackpool Combat Club, it's kind of been uh, on its last legs. Ever since William Regal left, it's been a little bit weird. Like, you're still not even really sure what the Blackpool Combat Club it really is anymore. Um, and so I feel like this may be them trying to scoop up all the pieces and try to get it back together again. So we'll see. I mean, it's not like they broke up or anything, but you get what I mean. It just hasn't been, hasn't been as strong as it was prior when uh, William Regal was there. So they're just, you know, sharpening it up, I guess. Uh, thank you so much to David for this generous super chat. I really appreciate it, man. Um, all right. So, and yes, thank you so much because yeah, Moxley did tap guys. Like he's hanging there. He's tapping like, that's it guys. That's it. Call it a day. Uh, that was a strong ending, man, with the right winner. 
That's it. All right. Um, let's see what else we have to talk about here today. Um, let's get into MJF's promo. So MJF also has a promo um, backstage, and this is basically pre-taped following the match after Revolution. And he's bragging about making Brian Danielson tap out, calls himself the double, the devil, says he's celebrating, he's single in San Francisco, and then he says he's gonna have a rebar rebar mitzvah. Um, and his reign of terror has just begun. So next week, we are going to have MJF have his rebarts mit- mitzvah. Wow, I cannot say that word. All right. <laughs> I don't know what to expect from this guy. I never, uh, bar, from this, I've never been to a bar mitzvah. I don't even know what to expect from it. But I'm assuming it's just a giant party, like a celebration. I don't know. I have no idea. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, all right, so that's to, something to expect for next week. Also, FTR, FTR is um back. They came back in Revolution. They're talking about you know how they've lost their titles. They lost their titles all pretty much within like a three month period. They talk about losing one of their best friends in wrestling, obviously referring to Jay Briscoe. And we get Jay Briscoe chance. That was very nice. And they talk about having to step away and recharge, but that they came back because in good conscience they cannot see the guns as AEW tag team champions. They need to go in there, get this match with the guns, defeat the mat, defeat the guns, become AEW champions, call it a day, and move the hell on with this, guys. I do not want to see FTR and the guns completely dragged out. Make the match, have the match, have FTR win, and let's get on with our lives. Let's move on. Jade Cargill. Backstage with Renee Paquette, she's 53 and oh, and this was kind of funny because, you know, she's talking about pretty much having gone through like every woman. And then she says, you know, they're going to, she's going to be in Canada and she looks at Renee and she's like, you're Canadian. And I'm like, is Jade about to challenge Renee Paquette to a match here at this point? Like what's happening here? So it's kind of funny that for like a slight little millisecond i'm like is jade about to freaking call out a challenge on renee or something but you know she's basically saying that she's gonna end up facing somebody from canada i don't know who i have no idea so if you guys have any theories on who this person might be uh send them in au says a re quinceanera okay so i'm assuming a bar mitzvah is the guy version of a quinceanera i don't know Someone please educate me on this. I have no idea. Someone says, I think it's going to be Taya. Taya, I thought about it, but she is. I mean, she's signed with Impact, guys. Like, she's doing stuff with Impact. I don't know. I think Taya would be great, but I don't know. It, I guess it really just depends on, you know, she's doing her thing over there. So I don't really know. Um, someone says Jody Threat. That would be interesting. Uh, someone also says Lufisto. Um, That would be interesting, too. Um, and that's kind of it, guys. I can't think of anybody else. Um Really, I can't. All right, so um, let's see what else we got here. We did get a match between Top Flight, AR Fox versus Daniel Garcia, Jericho, and Sammy Guevara. Um, this really, like the match itself, guys, I thought it was okay. It wasn't anything like what we've been seeing previously with Top Flight and AR Fox. We've seen them, we've seen both sides kind of have better matches. And so this was kind of just there for me. I didn't really care too much about the actual match, but basically what this all leads to is the Jericho appreciation society and saying that they're the number one contenders. And then the elites come out. They're saying they're the number one contenders. The house of black comes out and they're obviously the champions after having defeated the elite at revolution. And now we are going to get a three way next week with the House of Black challenging against the Elite and against the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. I don't hate it. I think, yeah, I don't hate it at all. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a fun match. I do love the way that House of Black won at Revolution. It felt very strong, very definitive. So um, this was fine that it all led to this match on Dynamite. So I'm cool with that. Um, all right, guys, we actually talked about everything on the show already. So get in any last and final thoughts, and then I will uh, go ahead and wrap up this show. But we got a super chat here from Taylor Cannon. Thank you so much to Taylor, who says, um, wonder who they bring in to face Jade next week. Also, uh, who will take the title from her? I mean, we've been wondering this for a while. There was a good, there was a, 
really the only person that I was really thinking, and a lot of people had pretty much mentioned this already. Also, someone says that the bunny is from Canada, so she could be an option. I didn't realize she was from Canada, guys. I've lost track of who's from where. Um, but, uh, you know, there was uh, Willow was always a fan favorite, I think, to defeat Jade, but it still kind of feels like we're a little bit of a we're a little bit too far from it. I have a feeling they're just going to keep it going, guys. Like, it's going to be a while until we see Jade lose. Unless she gets some, like, crazy opponent in Canada next week and all of a sudden that person wins. But I don't think so. I think we're just going to keep it going. I think she's going to hit 100 at this point. I mean, she's, on, she's, like, halfway there. A little bit more than halfway. So, we'll see. Uh, I really just don't know. Uh, thank you so much to Taylor for sending this in here. And, um, all righty, guys. I like all of the different options here. Someone says Chris Statlander. Is Chris Statlander's Canadian? Is that real? Is she? Damn, I really need to check to see where people are from. Because, no, she, I don't know. Which, I don't know. No, she's not. She's not Canadian. No. Okay. Just making sure. I don't know who's Canadian anymore. <laughs> all right. Someone's like Trish Stratus. Uh, Trish Stratus. I think she's busy. She's occupied. She's doing some other stuff at the moment. Uh, Nick Grasso sends in a super chat saying, Taya Valkyrie is leaving Impact soon. I heard if true, she should come to AEW and join Soraya. Tony and Ruby, also Mandy Rose, can come in and join the Outsiders. Dude, I've been, I've been um, wanting to. I, I, I thought that when Taya left, uh, or when she got released from WWE, rather, I really thought that there was we were going to see her in AEW. Like I really thought we were going to see her in AEW like ASAP. I was very surprised when she wasn't instantly there because I think Taya Valkyrie is one of the best women's wrestlers, um, out there, and I always feel bad that she didn't get her real opportunity to show that when she was in WWE, and I did feel bad for her that she didn't get the opportunity to show. Um, her work and her skill level, her skills at that level, you know, so I would not be opposed to that. But I know she's, you know, doing stuff with impact and MLW and all those other places. But uh, thank you so much to Nick Grasso for that uh, super chat. Um, all right. So that is it, guys. That is AEW Dynamite. March 8th, the fallout of Revolution. Before I go, I will be back once again this Friday. I will be here, as always, to talk about SmackDown, Rampage, all of that good stuff. So make sure to come find me here on Friday. And then next week, again, I'll be back Tuesday to talk about NXT. If you guys haven't been keeping up with NXT and you're like, what the hell is going on down there? Check out my Tuesday post show. It's actually one of my favorites that I've done in a very long time. If you just want to know, what the hell is going on over there? Uh, I will give you a nice rundown of that. And you can check out the Tuesday episode where I talk about NXT. Really, one of my favorites. But last but not least, if you haven't already subscribed to F4W online, uh, please make sure to do so. We're so close to 100K, uh, literally so close. And then head on over to youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I have surpassed 93,000 subscribers. I'm almost at 94,000. And all of the Revolution Media scrums are up there. My interview with Action Andretti is up there. Please go show that one some love, guys. I've been trying to get more interviews with AEW talent, and they're really only going to give them to me if, if I get good numbers. So please make sure to go in there, uh, click a like or something, and just give that interview some love so that I can keep getting uh, more interviews and whatnot and then um that's it really um thank you guys so much as always for tuning in and i'll see you back here on friday thank you guys so much love and appreciate you all bye